0: Our first reading can be found on page 625 of the Church Bible, 625, and is Psalm 131. It's very short, and and, and Adam has asked me to read it twice. My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have stilled and quietened my soul, like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have stilled and quietened my soul, like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Janet. Let us now stand and sing the Jubilate.
1: I assume the second reading is Luke, thank you, lovely. So the second reading may be found on page 1026 in the Church Bibles. It's taken from Luke chapter one and starting at verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, "'Blessed are you among women, "'and blessed is the child you will bear. "'But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promises to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks 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 be to God.
2: I want to start with a question, and the question is this. Why are you here this morning? Why are you here today? I also want you to think about that for a moment while I read something from 1 Peter. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 says this, We're to be like newborn babies. We're to crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Is that why you're here this morning? Because there's a real craving like a newborn baby, craving pure spiritual milk. Is that why you're here today? Well, uh, maybe you're here just because uh, you, um, you have to be here. You've got to sing or you've got to do a particular job. But just kind of think about that question for yourself. Do you have a craving that needs to be satisfied that only coming and sitting under the word of God can do for you. The Bible says that we need spiritual milk, and that spiritual milk is only found in the living word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, God speaks, doesn't he? And he speaks today, and it's great. He's not silent, he's not hiding, and he speaks in many different ways. He speaks through his creation. The psalm says that the heavens declare the glory of God, Day after day, they pour forth speech. The Bible claims to be the word of God. This is God speaking to us. So when we come to the word of God, actually, we're thinking God's thoughts after him. That's amazing, isn't it? What a great privilege we have as we sit under God's word. And let's look at Psalm 131, because this is a beautiful psalm, and it gives us an intimate window into the inner life of someone who's learned how to still himself from the noisiness of life. And as we eavesdrop in on this psalmist, well, we might even ask, why bother? Why should we bother listening to what he has to say? Well, he was a man who God said, this is a man who's after my own heart. He was a king. Remember, he's the bloke David who fought Goliath with a sling, then cut his head off and gave victory to God's people by defeating the enemy. He was the king chosen by God and he knew God. That's why uh, we should listen to this psalm. And the psalmist invites us, if you like, to a show and tell a show and tell of how to get peace on the inside. And he radiates someone who's learned this quiet himself. And he describes, I think, what the Apostle Paul calls the peace which passes all understanding. See, this man's not noisy on the inside, he's not a busy, busy kind of guy. He's not on edge. The pressures of achievement don't consume him. Failure and despair don't plague him. Anxiety and fear aren't causing him to kind of rally into a tailspin and free fall into kind of despondency. He's quiet, he's composed. Is Psalm 131, is that your experience? Is that you? If not, what's the noise going on Inside you? Where's it coming from? Let me just tell you before we speak about what Psalm 131 is, what it's not. It's not about having an easygoing personality or low expectations out of life. It's not that. It's not a retreat from the troubles of life to a retirement of ease. It's not the quietening that perhaps a glass of red wine or some Prozac might achieve temporarily for you. Psalm 131 speaks of an inner choir, an inner choir that's present smack bang in the middle of hardship and trial and suffering and persecution. It's a peace and composure which is learned. And it's learned in a relationship. And it's learned, it's not spontaneous, it's learned with the Lord. We see that in verse 1. This is the psalmist speaking to the Lord. And in verse 3, uh, he speaks uh, of putting his hope in the Lord. This is a relationship. Look at verse 2. He says, but surely I have stilled and quietened my soul. How does this happen? David says, come, listen, pay careful attention. Think God's thoughts after him. Well, he wants to show us the results of peace first before anything else. Look at verse 1. It says, my heart is not proud, my eyes are not haughty, I do not concern myself with great matters. King David, the first thing he's learned is to be able to say what he's not. He's saying, I'm not something. That's where we start. Baby steps. You identify what you are not. I used to love to go fishing when I lived back on the Isle of Wight. Um, And uh, it's... I used to go to this really quiet pool in Apsheath just outside of Shanklin and just kind of picture this setting a kind of small pool lovely countryside in the background and just the stillness and that quiet even your kind of footsteps as you walked around this pool would send a little ripple into the water it was that quiet when the breeze kind of came across you could see the vibration on the top of the water if a fish came up and thrashed It would send ripples out. It was a lovely, quiet pool. And the psalmist is saying, in the same way, the word of God, this psalm, it can make you sensitive to noise. It's an instrument to detect gusts and tremors and the thrashing of the soul. Well, what makes you noisy inside? What makes me noisy inside? Flip this psalm into its opposite. Look with me again at verse 1. To me... My heart is proud, I am absorbed with myself. My eyes are haughty, I look down on others from my pedestal. And I chase after things too great and difficult for me. So verse two, of course, I'm noisy and restless inside. It comes all too naturally. I'm like a hungry infant fussing on my mother's lap. I'm like a hungry infant, I'm restless with my demands and my worries. Verse 3, I scatter my hopes onto anything and everybody and all the time. Noisiness makes perfect sense to us, doesn't it? We can identify where our noise comes from. It comes from the inside. We imagine ourselves to be independent, autonomous creatures in the world. We think we're the masters of our own ships and no one's going to tell me any different, right? I mean, that's how we think naturally, isn't it? I'm the boss. I'm the boss. Naturally, in my heart, your heart is proud. And a symptom of the disease inside us is that we're noisy on the inside. But a little noise doesn't sound like a big deal, does it? I mean, come on, after all, I just want a bit of appreciation for what I do, a bit of respect. I want approval and understanding. Is that too much to ask for? I don't want much, just perhaps a bit better health, a little bit more money, a more meaningful job, a better holiday, a more restful holiday with three children a better holiday destination then I'd be happy I just want to feel good I want control I want to feel comfortable in life I want God to be on my side for a change I want God to do my will actually I want to be my own God I want to be God. doesn't everybody want that it's kind of natural to us isn't it by nature we have this restlessness this noise on the inside and the Bible calls that sin The desire to run life my own way without reference to God in the world that he's made. And the noise tips us off to what's going on. So it goes with the territory that I am opinionated and I look down on others. And pride says that I must look down on you in some way. One lady described it like this. She says she can almost never see eye to eye with people. She has virtually no true peers. There are the odd few pedestal people that, she, that, that could do no wrong in her sight, but many, many pit people, people to look down on for one reason or another. And she thanked her lucky stars that she wasn't like that. She had a long list of disappointed relationships. Here's a woman who's noisy on the inside. fretful, easily offended, self-absorbed, competitive and with a tendency to fall to depression. But she became a Christian. She became an infant in Christ. And she learned composure. She learned to be quiet. And she grew up in Christ. And she discovered peers of all places in the church. And she built relationships. And she built friendships. You could say, verse one, she stopped pursuing impossibilities And stopped going after things too great and too wonderful for her. So we move from the result to the process. What is the process of peace? What does this look like? How can we know the peace that passes all understanding? Well, we need to be weaned. That's what the Bible says. We need to be weaned. Something that once meant everything to us now becomes nothing. There's a total transformation. You either know how to quiet yourself or you're still noisy. There's the two options for you. You either know that or you don't. And David puts it like this. You're either a nursing baby or you're a weaned child. Which one are you? Verse 2. I've stilled and quietened my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. To quiet the soul literally, to silence the noise, is to bulldoze the building, is to break it all down and to rebuild, to start again, to say shh to our desires and our fears and our anxieties. That sort of composure is not apathy. It's not apathy. It's the still pool of water. It's the alertness that comes from that. And that's what that brings. It's not a sleepy ease, it's a self mastery. There's a guy by the name of John Calvin, a 16th century guy. Uh, He he was um, uh, an amazing theologian and uh, he was treated really badly and kicked out of a place called Geneva um, back in the 16th century and he was speaking about self-mastery and he puts it like this he says we need two things we need to know two things first, knowledge of God you need the knowledge of God that is you need to see his grace and his power and his might we need to behold him and as we do that we can see who we are so there's knowledge of God and knowledge of ourself and then he says this we never attain true knowledge of self until we've previously contemplated the face of God and after that looked inwardly to ourselves. That's what it means. This is how a proud heart becomes humble. Not by doing penance, not by beating yourself up or by pulling up your moral socks and trying harder with the stiff upper lip. It's not sheer sheer willpower, not at all. The only way uh, that this happens to wrestle yourself down from on high is by believing the promises of God. It's by taking God's word seriously. And we need to recognize that we need his help because we're like drowning people who need to be rescued by someone else. There's only one thing powerful enough to rescue us and that's what God's promised in Jesus Christ. He's the ultimate fulfillment actually of this psalm. The psalm's all about him. He's the one who's ultimately the one who can bring peace, the example of peace and composure He's the heartbeat this psalm speaks about. And the Bible says he is the ultimate example of humility. If we want to see humility, we look to Jesus. For he humbled himself and became a man. And he became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And he came not to look down on anyone, but to be looked down upon for us. He concerned himself with the greatest matter, your soul. He came to rescue you from sin and hell and judgment. And we escape that danger by learning how to trust him, turning away from being our own boss, turning to him. Uh, and we need to wave the white flag. If we've not already done that, we need to do that. We need to wave the white flag and put our trust in King Jesus. He's the one who rescues us by dying for us. So the process of peace begins by taking God's promise. Seriously, I've stilled and quieted my soul. I'm like a weaned child, is my soul within me. Before Joel was weaned, um, whenever he was hungry, whenever he was put on my wife's lap, Mel's lap, he'd kind of fuss and wriggle and squirm. He was one-track-minded. He knew exactly what he was after. And if he wasn't satisfied, immediately then he'd make noise, right? I mean, that's common, isn't it? That's a common thing for a baby to do. His mother's milk meant everything to him. Life, health, satisfaction, joy. And if it's not delivered right now, then we're going to hear about it, right? But now he's weaned, there's a dramatic change. He can hold a beaker. He can take a beaker. He can hold a spoon. He can't quite find his mouth yet. But baby steps, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about baby steps. Baby steps. <laughs> Just picture your own soul for a moment and just put it on your lap in front of you. And if you can hear the noise all around you, pressures of life, whatever that is for you, the fretting, the fussing, just say to yourself, Jesus brings me peace. He's the one who brings me peace. Vertically with God, I can know I'm back in relationship with God. Peace with other people horizontally. You and I can be at peace again, friends. Uh, We can can be at peace, thirdly, internally internally we can we can rest from those anxieties that once plagued us finally the reason for this peace verse three oh israel people of god put your hope in the lord both now and forevermore the lord jesus christ he's your hope your hope is in a person and in a relationship with him and humility either kicks in and we see we need his rescue and we need him in our life and we're craving for him or we don't bother we say no to that haughtiness either lowers its gaze or it doesn't we either come down from on high and we humble ourselves or we keep looking down on people there the two options we stop pursuing impossibilities and we start depending on certainties where found in the word of god in the person of the Lord Jesus and in relationship with him. Just look again at verse 3 with me. There's great awe and wonder in this one verse. Just grab hold of your soul and make it consider this command. Put your hope in the Lord now and forevermore. Put your hope in him. Where's your hope? What are you hoping for? What are you hoping in? The Bible says put your hope in the Lord, put it in Jesus who is your peace. How do we do this? Well, we looked at Psalm 130 last time I was speaking to you. Just look up again at Psalm 130. Um, The psalmist says, from the depth I cry to you, Lord let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. That's where we find peace. We look to God for his mercy. Verse 4, because with him there's forgiveness. So we fear God rightly. Verse 5 and 6, we wait. We encourage our souls to wait on the Lord. He's coming. He's coming. There's hope in the Lord who has mercy, who forgives sins. Therefore, he's to be feared because he will return to judge the living and the dead. We're called to trust him, to have faith in him, to know him, to walk with him. O people of God, Put your hope in the Lord now and forevermore. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that we can think your thoughts after you. Help us to be certain of your promises. Help us to be those who trust in the Lord now and forever. Amen.